0: I am Marissa. I am a teen librarian.
1: Hello, I am Mary. I am kind of a teen librarian, sort of, today, maybe, sure.
0: However you feel like it. And we are here to talk about books. What kind of books? We focus on middle grade and young adult books with the goal of lifting up diverse voices in the graphic novel format and Black Indigenous Person of Color slash LGBTQIA authors. So, come jam with us. On the Book Jam. Uh, and just an
1: FYI, we do have social media, so you can follow us on Twitter at the Book Jam One. Publishers,
0: send us arcs. We like to read. We would love to read your books and also talk about your books. So, hey, reach out to us. We would love to talk.
1: Cool. We've got a special guest today. We've got two guests in a row. I'm feeling pretty hype about this. Uh, we've got Jennifer with us today. Jennifer, do you want to talk about yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Jennifer. I am a teen and children's librarian. I've been a teen librarian for about mm, 12 years. Children's librarian for a lot shorter than that but I love reading and especially teen romance books. I am so hyped to have you here. So
1: Jennifer is also one of my coworkers, and has really helped me learn more about YA books and also she got me hooked on romance. The books not the actual like action that sounds awkward because we work together but no like (laughs) like romance books i are totally my jam now
0: no if i know nothing else about jen and if you the listeners need to know one thing about jen she's a very beautiful diverse complex person but jen is like the ruler of romance novels that's the one thing i know about you so we were talking before like i would not beat you in a trivia contest of ya adults kids anything romance or rom-com like oh She's got this.
1: Right. So we brought Jennifer on to talk about probably, I think our books are all feature a romance theme this this week uh, because it is February. So it's Valentine's Day month. So let's talk about books. Jen, do you want to go first?
2: Sure. My first book is a middle grade. It's called Keep It Together, Keiko Carter. It is by Debbie Makiko Florence. And it is a new favorite of mine. It's a middle grade book. Keiko and her friends are in 7th grade, so it's great for readers in middle grade, but you could probably read it if you were in 5th grade. 6th grade It's perfect for that age group. Scholastic Press is the publisher of the book, and here is a short book blurb. 7th grade is a time for changes, but what happens to the middle friend when one friend is interested in boys and the other friend wants things to stay the same? Keiko is being pulled in two different directions, and how is she supposed to keep everything together? There is a couple content warnings, there is some racist moments, and there is a moment of sexual harassment in this book. Hmm. So, reasons why I really love this story. First off, it's an own voices story. Second, it's just really, really freaking good. There's a lot of changes happening, and Keiko, she's a bit of a worrier. So, here's a couple of the changes that are happening in her life. The first one is her mom just went back to work full time and she's not home often. Her sister is acting really weird. Her two best friends, Audrey and Jenna, and her decide that they want to join new clubs for seventh grade, but they don't have the same interests and they don't want to join the clubs that everybody else wants to join. She's reconnecting with an old friend who is her best friend's brother. And her best friend does not like this at all. So it's Audrey's brother. And Audrey is kind of a control freak. And that does not go, work out well for either of them. So why I really, really love this book. It's about friendships. Middle grade is always a time of friendships. They change. You kind of find out who you are a little bit. And sometimes the people you were friends with are not the same people you keep being friends with. There's dogs in the book. I love it. Yes. Um, we're pro-dog. Yes. So there's two dogs. As long as it's not an old yeller
0: situation, the, does a dog no. die? Okay, no, thank you. No, no, no. no spoilers, but thank you.
2: <laughs> no, that is the things that I, I don't like reading about dead dogs either, or dogs that get hurt, or animals that get hurt. There are two dogs. One is Lumpy, and Keiko actually adopts a dog, too, so that's very sweet. There is a sweet romance. I'm not going to spoil that, but it is very sweet. And the best part is, The Friendship Stories is really great, and I do love a good friendship story. And her friend Jenna has a companion book that comes out in August, and I actually just got an ARC of that, and that was super good, too. So these are both really awesome books.
1: Oh, nice. I like it when we get the companion books. And the author is a
2: Connecticut author. Oh, even better. I know. She lives in my part of the state.
0: Jen, this book sounded really cute. Like I saw the cover, and I was like, oh, I would go to that movie. Feel her overwhelmedness. Like, no, why did you pick up the book? Is this because you heard about the author or because the book just looked cute? That is a big deal of why do you pick up a book? Are you a cover judger? Are you
2: not a cover I judger? I am a cover judger. And I honestly, I don't know how you don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, I heard about this on Twitter and I can't remember why I heard about it or how I heard about it, but I was like, oh, that looks really great. And so the cover got me. I love it. And then the friendship and then the romance. Because I do like a really good friendship story too. Do you feel it was
0: more friendship or more romance-y? Did, or was it even
2: balanced? I think it's kind of an even balance, but it might be more friendship Like, the friend drama is really big. Not that the romance isn't big, but I think middle school is such a time for friendship, so I think the friendship might kind of overpower the romance a bit. There's a happy ending because it's romance, but it's not one of those, like, in-your-face romances, I guess. It's more like a subtle romance. Ooh, subtle romance. I love it.
1: If all middle grade romances could actually be subtle, if only.
0: <laughs> right. So I feel like some sometimes if it's a romance middle grade book, it's like it hits you over the head with it or I'm like, whoa, For, or versus if it's more blended because I'm like, middle grade stories, you're dealing with everything. Friendship, romance, getting bigger and puberty, that terrible fun word and just other stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, this is an issue book. It's only on this one issue. Even romance is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> But then just having a nicely blended, is, it's good to know because it's, it's nice that it's not just focusing on one thing.
2: I forgot one very important part about Jenna's story that's coming out in August. Ooh. There is a really cool diner that has amazing sounding milkshakes in it. And it just makes you crave milkshakes.
0: Is there a very specific milkshake that they reference that you could tell me about now that you recall or just make one up because now I really want a milkshake?
2: <laughs> so the diner is actually like a Broadway themed diner. And the waitress comes out, the waitress slash owner comes out, and she sings a little song from the inspiration behind the milkshake. Oh. It sounds like the best place ever.
0: I'm here for it. I love it. I like that. So have and you have this book in your library. You find it pretty easy to like. be like, hey, you should read this. You should read that. Like, there's an audience. Your kids are like eating it up. Or is it so new that they haven't had a chance yet?
2: This one came out last August. Honestly, we haven't had so many kids looking for reader's advisory because of the pandemic but I think it would be an easy hand sell I love
0: it also I'm always looking for new books for my niece who is 10
2: oh you're a sucker for that <laughs> there is a little bit of, also I forgot about this a little bit of basketball in it Ooh, I am a sucker for that it is not like a crazy <laughs> amount of basketball but there is a couple basketball scenes and I'm like ooh, nice and I'm sure you've, you've probably
0: read Nikki on the line right
2: Ah, that
0: was good i know we talked about that one but i love that i love it when we got some again that's a good book that's not an issue book it's not a one no it's sports it's this it's that i love it i love it this one sounds cute like the cover seems very relatable like i said it's very cute like i feel like kids if they're in your library if they're in my library they would pick this one up um but yeah middle school and transitioning to middle school is a really hard time and we only need more and more books about it different perspectives different things. Oh, here's a question. She is, I had read that she is, I think, biracial. Is that a big theme or is it kind of a low-key just she is?
2: It is just kind of she is. I did mention there are some racist moments um, and she does stand up for herself really nicely, but there's a not great guy in the book. Okay.
0: Usually there's not a great person at every middle school, at least one. So, you know, they got to yes. have some realism there. So they're like, hey, you know, okay, cool. But it's middle grade. It's appropriate. I love that you said it could go down to like grades five, probably grades five to eight is the ideal audience. Yes. Okay, cool. I mean, not saying that as an adult or a high schooler, you can't read anything. I mean, obviously I read everything. So I'm like, no, 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 that's just recommended, but you can read whatever you want, guys.
2: That's cool. I quite liked it. And I'm much older than high school, so...
0: <laughs> right I'm like sometimes I think people will question us being like oh this is what the grades recommended for <laughs> that you say why did you read it you're in your 30s I'm like yeah it's good book though so I want to read it I love it Mary do you have anything you want to share before I will super overtake this and talk about my next book But Marissa's excited to talk about a book is the day end and why like come on <laughs> no go for it Marissa okay so I am very excited to talk <laughs> about my next book because it is weird <laughs> that's what it is All right, so my book is not the same age range at all. It's Kind of a Big Deal by Shannon Hale. It is by Roaring Book Press. Um, I'll say it's for grades seven to 12. The publishers say grades seven to nine. We'll discuss, don't worry. It came out just this past August, August 25th, 2020. Um, And here is the publisher book blurb. So, from Shannon Hale, best selling author of Austin Land, comes Kind of a Big Deal, a hilarious madcap story that will suck you in. Literally. There's nothing worse than peaking in high school. Nobody knows that better than Josie Pye. She was kind of a big deal. She dropped out of high school to be a star, but the bigger you are, the harder you fall. And Josie fell. Hard. Ouch. Broadway dream, dead. Meanwhile, her life keeps imploding. Best friend, distant. Boyfriend, busy. Mom, not playing with a full deck. Desperate to escape, Josie gets into reading. Literally, she reads a book and suddenly she's inside it. And with each book, she's a different character. A post-apocalyptic heroine, the lead in a YA rom-com, a 17th century wench in a corset. It's alarming, but also kind of amazing. It's the perfect way to live out her fantasies. Book after book, Josie the failed star finds a new way to shine, but the longer she stays in a story, the harder it becomes to escape. Will Josie find a story so good that she just stays forever? So that is the official book blurb, which tells you everything, but also nothing, honestly. Content warnings. I got this from a Goodreads reader. So this is very in-depth. There is some slut shaming. She is like a 17, 18-year-old girl that dropped out of high school. So she's not a high schooler. It's that whole cusp of thing. Um, there's a brief mention of divorce due to infidelity, alcoholic parent, lots of stereotyping of of like seeing people and judging them on the cover. On the opposite side, there's zombie score and some violence. There's some um, bullying and physical abuse due to transphobia, a little bit, and absent parents, you know, the norms. So what is this book about-ish? Um, why did I pick this book and what is it about? First of all, this book is weird, as I said. So if you like Kristen Cashor's Jane Unlimited, that one was like an umbrella. It had five different endings. It was cool. It had lots of genres in it. And if you like stories within stories, this could be the book for you. If you hated it, this is probably not the book for you. Cool. So reading about Jen's book, the one theme, not having had any idea what it's about and just reading about it, the one theme I kind of pulled out from it that I wanted to kind of do a complimentary read to yours, Jen, is that it felt like transition time like you are transitioning from being a kid to a teen with kiko carter and this book is about the next big transition which is from like teen to adulthood um, there's many parts in the book where josie struggles with adulting i mean don't we all and she wonders am i adult yet am i a high school kid like i should be in high school but i'd have to pay this credit card bill um, she's literally, literally living in absolute dread of her mother realizing she maxed out her credit cards from when she lived alone in new york city so that's the thing is that she went to Broadway. Her high school teacher said, you're the next big thing. Everyone gassed her up. Her head was so big. She went to Broadway and she flopped. That's kind of known. It's kind of in the plot summary. And now like she tried all this weird experimental third year. She had a weird stop sign on her head. She ran up debt, living like six people to a room. But then she found a side nanny gig. Somehow she moved out west (laughs) because there was a divorce. And now she's nannying this beautiful little girl, Mia, who you absolutely fall in love with, trying to pay down her debt, trying to adult. And she also just can't justify buying tea from a cafe. She's that broke. It's this kind of thing of Broadway for kid, drama kids, for kids who have those big dreams. I don't know that I would give this book to everybody, but if they're into like Broadway and drama themes, this one could be that. So Josie is sucked into her first book when she puts on this pair of glasses. So that's totally different than Jen's book. But it's interesting to see how she eventually learns to take control of the story she's in. So there's a lot of life metaphors you're going to see about things she's struggling with in real life that come into the book. Where, oh, hey, she has no control in this. She might have romantic feelings for someone new. By the way, this, yes, this book is a rom-com. Um, she does have a boyfriend. She just hasn't talked to him in months. By the way, he's not, he is not really in it, but he keeps coming up in the different um, romantic lead characters that she reads about in every book. This, see this is, we're trying to do this in February. This There is one book she reads that's called Valentine's Day, figuring, oh, I'm going to get this big rom-com. And it's like this zombie, like dystopian (laughs) apocalypse. And it's funny. So it lets you jump around the genres in a very fun way. I will say this book is, is the publishers say it's for grade seven to nine. And it feels new adulty because of where she is at her life, but she doesn't feel the most mature knowing that, yes, teens are who they are and that you could have a very mature seventh grader. You could have a super immature 25 year old. She kind of feels a little bit like a middle school teenager mentality, even though she's technically a high school dropout. She is the main character. I know she's the main character because this is the book, but in real life, like she would describe herself as the main character of every story. She's very self-centered. She literally was voted as a junior, like most talented and most likely to succeed. She's got a big head. Oh, and she keeps saying to people, oh, I'm kind of a big deal. Like, look, it's like, oh, the title of the book. But she actually says it in real life. She cringes, but also she can't help it with like her, like word diarrhea. So really, this is a story of her kind of big personal growth. So she does grow some, but really it kind of felt kind of middle schooly. So I would give it to a middle schooler in that they might not relate to like what happens after high school yet. Maybe they will. Um, but also even like an adult could read this and get something from it. Like different readers, different sophisticated readers can get different stuff. Why do I like this book? Keep it brief, Marissa. I love um, Shannon Hale. I loved her, that she often talks about there are no girl books. There are no boy books. There's just good books obviously we love this theme don't we i loved her princess academy books which is more middle grade i loved her austin land book which they turned into a movie that i never saw but i love the book that they did um i loved her whole the books of bayern the goose girls where they took this whole like obscure fairy tale and made a world that outgrew the fairy tale and it went to a whole series of four i was kind of mad because i read book four before i knew it was a series and then i got kind of mad that's a whole number story and two more points, swear to goodness, then I will give up the mic. Is that if I know it's lies already? It's lies. I struggle with romance as a genre, like straight up romance, because I'm like, uh, just say you like them. Like I'm super mean. I'm like, oh, is this a rom com. Just tell her the truth and blah blah blah, and the thing is solved.
1: But they have rival bakeries. They can't, or they're like, there's no. That's not how that works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know i just finished verona comics where it's um the the twist a modern day ish twist on romeo and juliet but it's verona comics so it's two comic book stores like one the big conglomerate evil conglomerate and one that's not so you're right yes and it's like well just tell them but so yes it's very it it very is so In the rom-com movie genre, which I'm super more forgiving and and totally jump into, like Rebel Wilson had a film, like, isn't it romantic? So it feels like Josie, the main character, has a lot of sassy commentary about the books that she's in and her adventures. That reminded me of Rebel Wilson being like, wait a minute, what? You know, acknowledging all these tropes, which I I appreciate being aware of genre tropes and acknowledging them. That makes it funny to me instead of just being like, this is fresh. The other thing, I'm going to end on a quote, mostly. Her best friend, Nina is a trans character. She is awesome. I kind of wish she had a little more. She kind of comes in and out. She only visits once. But again, as a character, anyone who's a big deal in Josie's life comes in as a book character. And we didn't actually know Nina was trans until like midway through the book, which I thought was kind of cool. So Nina, the character says something that I thought was a good message for, for everyone saying, we tend to think of life as all linear, as if each moment each year has to be better than the last. And if it's not, we failed. But we're all of it at the same time. And then some. So be patient with yourself. Don't judge yourself by any one moment. Allow yourself room to change. So that's the kind of Uh, the message I liked about this book, it's very polarizing on Goodreads. People like give it a did not finish one star or like five stars. There's not much in between. But I thought the message of being kind to yourself and that one failure doesn't have to define you forever. You can just be with or without romance. It's good. I'm not going to give you spoilers for the end. The end is bananas. But if you think that this girl can jump in different books, you know that it's probably not going to end like air quote a normal way, whatever normal is.
2: What do you think, Jenna Mary? So I'll be honest. I started this and I I don't remember why I didn't finish it, but I did. I was one of the people who didn't finish.
0: Ooh, yeah. Uh, she is very polarizing. She is kind of a jerk.
2: Honesty. I do love that her name is Josie Pye, though. I think that's hilarious. And
0: they acknowledge that that like her name is really Josie and her last name is something totally different, but she's dating a guy with the last name of P-I-E. And that's her stage name. And if you don't get the reference, it's an Anna Green Gables reference and they totally acknowledge it. And you do actually get to jump into Anna Green Gables briefly, but it takes it and turns it a little bit because she's a girl that's always the main character. What if she's like, Oh, I'm going to slip away into Anna Green Gables. And then my best friend will show up, you know, Oh, it's gonna be so great to see Nina there. And what happens if you're Josie Pye, actually you, you get cast as Josie Pye. You're not the main character. You're like the sourpuss face. I love, I love the like, take it, turn it, acknowledge it. So that's, I'm not saying you have to finish it. I'm not saying you have to go back and read it, Jen. Cause again, you're going to love it. You're going to hate it. And you're going to know pretty fast. But it's interesting. It's weird. And I thought the transitions were good. Yes.
2: Yeah, I would say it was interesting and weird, too. The problem I have is I have so many books I want to read that I just, if it doesn't grab me, like the first 50 pages, I just can't. No, I get it. Or if I'm like lukewarm, I'm like, oh, okay. My library books are always overdue. (laughs) I'm like, I gotta read something else.
0: (laughs) like, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be late. I work in a library. I should know better.
2: (laughs) I am the best and worst library patron. Uh, I think we
1: both have that problem, so right. it just happens. But yeah, this sounds interesting. I haven't read it. Um, I'd probably give it a shot because like, weird books are my jam. <laughs> and I will read pretty much anything, so that's cool. I don't, But I also get the whole thing where if it doesn't grab you, you go to the next book. Because also my to-be-read pile is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Although I have noticed lately I've been playing more video games and reading less just because... I'm not on a NoteMag Book Award committee for the first time in two years. What is this life? Clapping. Yay, you're free. <laughs> I can read whatever. So, and I do have like, like my, my to be a red pile is like next to the couch, just like looking at me, like, hey, hey, pick me up. And I'm just like, no, shush. I'm playing Marvel Legos. Go away. So, but I'll get there.
0: No, it's fun. Like I said, it be very polarizing. There's always some books that are a little more unique. Maybe that, like, um, that I'm like, this is not for everybody. I can't, I can't hand sell this one as much as I could, you know, as a broad audience. Like, there's one old Nutmeg that I just, I find every like one in a hundred people that walks in. And right now, not a lot of people are walking into the teen room. The Rhythmatist" by Brandon Sanderson, for for as the author, good or bad, whatever about him, you know, but just the book itself being like, it's Harry Potter with geometry and shapes it's like it, it's it grabs some people or it's just, it's just not one of the obvious like books to do that has nothing to do with kind of a big deal um i just always think it's like how you know it's like the weird book to how do you hand sell that
1: well i also think it's kind of cool because shannon hale doesn't usually write this type of book so it's kind of cool I to know. get something uh, different from this author
0: yeah, though I do appreciate she does write middle grade, she writes um teen, she writes adults. Like I always forget, oh yeah, she did awesome. Man. Um she writes with her husband.
2: Yeah, her Princess and <laughs> Black series is amazing. I love it.
0: <gasps> yes. And so again, so she is diverse. I think she even did some kind of spirit animal. I think it was called I forget if it was called Spirit Animal. It was something I saw her at Book Expo once and I was like, <gasps> Shannon Hale, and I saw her name before I saw what book it was, and it was this perma-bound um chapter book thing. It was more about meeting her, and it was like, oh, this is a really weird book. I'll probably cut this because, again, I don't like saying spirit animal, but it was something weird like spirit animal, and it was like two books in one. But it was so cool meeting her. But it was like not so much about the book that I got at Book Expo, but it was like, oh, just seeing that author. And it was so brief, but I was like, oh, she's so cool. Like I, I do love her books. I, you know, what? I am down for a fairy tale with a twist. And honestly, the books of Bayern series, the Goose Girl and A Burning, all of those four books are Chef's Kiss. Um, Again, her books really I feel like usually are very female focused, like strong female main characters. And again, not saying that boys can't read it, but just being like there's romance, but again, it's very much about friendship and female. Oh, it sounds like the Powerpuff Girls and like Sailor Moon now, doesn't it? Huh. <laughs> just really sad. <laughs> but anyway, so just yeah, I like so I like her as an author, so I thought this is when I just finished listening to and I listened to the audiobook. I thought it was done really well. Um, I like I find myself not I'm reading some in the new year but not as much am I doing eyes to the page as much as I can get through more with audiobooks and that's more forgiving for me and helping me through the pandemic of you know I like to read I can get through graphic novels but like it's some books I'm like no I just know I need to do this as an audiobook even though sometimes an audiobook is like 17 hours and I do listen on I work up to 1.5 speed but still that's a lot that is It is. All right. So that's my book, Jen. I thought that was a nice compliment to yours. Jen, do you have another book you would like to tell us about?
2: So my next book is a royal romance, which is my jam. It's called Truly Madly Royal Aids by Debbie Rigaud. She's 16 years old. So kind of older middle school, high school students, like seventh, eighth graders are fine with that. It was published in 2019 by Scholastic Point. Um, and I it, it's so good it's very very similar kind of to the prince and me a little bit uh, so Zora is spending her summer at a college program and she meets a boy who turns out to be a prince so it's an own voices story they have a really great meet cute where they're at the same table at the library they end up talking for a few minutes they accidentally switch phones And of course, I love that they meet in the library because librarian. Um, So Zora realizes that she has the wrong phone. The phone dies before she can kind of figure out how to text Owen or anything. And so I should mention that Zora is black and Owen is white. These men in black cars, kind of like FBI cars, storm up to her house because they have traced the cell phone to her house. She has no idea what's going on. They knock at the door and that's when she discovers that the boy in the library is actually a prince. They question why she has the prince's phone. It's kind of clear that they haven't really talked to the prince. And of course, they don't have her phone to give back. You know, it's this whole, you have the prince's phone. You know, her neighbors are filming because they're like, what is happening? Are you guys okay? And like her whole family's inside the house and it's just this whole big thing. So she tries to get her own phone back and she's trying to talk to the prince. And she really doesn't want to hear the prince's apologies, and she's just like whatever. But he kind of keeps trying. Like he, she gets the phone back, and she he texts her, and he calls her. And she's just like ugh. And then he shows up at this bookstore, and he has flowers in his hand, and he's like, "Look, I'm really, really sorry." And he kind of persuades her to forgive him, which is sweet. So there's a very nice romance in there. The book is Megan Marco inspired, which is awesome, and. It, There is several Meghan Markle references, which is also great. I loved that. Um, So the reason why I really loved this story. So A, the romance, B, the royal part. But C, I really liked Zora. She kind of wants to change the world. She started an after school program called Walk Me Home when she realized a bunch of kids in her neighborhood didn't have anybody to walk with them after school. Like there was nobody at home. There was no grandparents. There was no brothers or siblings or anything sisters there. So she, she wrote a grant and she got involved with the community center and she now she's up for this major award, which will fund the project for another year. And there's a lot of uh, scenes in the community center and with the kids themselves, which is just heartwarming and very sweet. So you do have the romance part and you do have the college part, which is fun because the, the college part, they she's meeting other people in the summer program They get to talking. There is some Taco Tuesday parts where they're eating and and cooking together, which is really fun. There's a lot of talk about privilege. There's a lot of talk about class. Um, Racism pops up as, you know, a black teenager dating a white prince. But they do end up going to a wedding together on his side of the family. So it's very sweet as well. So it's just a really heartwarming, fun read. And I loved it. And it is very similar kind of to The Prince and Me. Which I also love. And the And Quick question. The
0: prince of me was that Julia Stiles movie? Yes. Okay. I want to make sure. I was like, wait, is this a different rom-com. So again, <laughs> I'm weak on rom-com. So I'm like, wait, there's so many royal. There are a lot of royalty based like fun things. I, don't, I love it. Okay. I don't think I watched that one.
2: <laughs> Go
1: watch it. I'm going to assume it's like a late 90s, early aught because Julia Stiles. Yes. Okay. But it's very funny. She. Yes. I watched Save the Last Dance
2: me too i watched that was also good
1: <laughs> i watched some things i hate about you <laughs> one obviously. of my favorites <laughs> yeah i somehow missed this one i wonder how i
0: missed this one that's so weird the movie or the book the movie the movie oh see i can just picture it in my teen room like that one goes out like i have so many cute sweet little teens they're like i want princess diaries the movie or i want whatever like olsen twins whatever kind of movie and that yeah so i can picture this one she's a very it's very late to like 90 2000s like oh she's like bending over like oh i can't believe it i'm in a world crush moment anyway that's off the point focusing it back
1: i mean <laughs> it's I, all part of it it's, it's all i can see the i can see the fashion that i will probably run into because i feel like there is something about like the 90s was like the ultimate like teen rom-com mm-hmm. there's something about yes. that and then they stopped making them. And I'm like, why? Why did you stop making them? That's frustrating
0: because they're fun. I do feel like there there's this ever present theme of like, okay, it's a teen romance, but guess what? someone's a royal you know it's that whole kind of like surprise like he's not just a prince charming for me like he's an actual prince charming like that kind of that sounds so lame but just that whole like thing there and it can be done in different ways and it can be unique i, I know it takes books a few years to be written and come out but it felt like such perfect timing with prince harry and megan markle's marriage it i was like did you it know it something <laughs> right? right right it's a very it's a very i don't want to say commercial in a bad way it's a very appealing cover of like it's just that sweet cute moment of i feel like they're on a picnic and they're just casual they are like, hey. in a picnic, yeah
2: yeah and there's like a drawn um crown on his head and there's hearts and things it's very sweet cover i would say the royal part drew me but the cover would have drawn me in if it wasn't the royal part there are a lot of royal books and i read probably most of them
0: right now do you stick mostly to teen royal but i know there's there's a lot like the one that i I read recently that kind of takes it and twists it a little bit while still staying within the tropes is american royals and um majesty yeah that was really good
2: yeah i so i haven't read the second one yet but it is on my shelf to read
0: oh my god that's um, like saying like like that that yes no i did the first one in audio and if mary if you hadn't heard of that one that one has multiple points of view oh no I, I have trust. Me. Okay. Okay. Oh, from oh yeah. Why do I? Why did I even <laughs> ask? But for our listeners, you might not know. American Royals imagines like what if George Washington became king after the Revolutionary War? Like we did offer it to him, uh, and this is his line. And now there's potentially the first female to be queen and she has her own romantic narrative. There's a younger, a middle brother and then a youngest sister and the younger sister has her own narrative. And then there's a girl that the brother likes and it's kind of like the whole, Oh, she's a pop. No, she's not a popper, but she's a regular girl that grew up in the palace. That that sounds like an oxymoron that kind of likes him. And then there's like the evil villainous girl, which it's putting someone down to a stereotype and a trope, but she has her own, what? So that one's fun because it takes it and twists it a little bit. I mean, anytime I can do like, hey, this is a rom-com, but it's also alternate history. I like anything that's weird and with a twist. You
2: do. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, so those books kind of reminded me of the Lux series back in the day. Ah! Yes yeah i love love those too it was
0: you know that was a huge trend of like girls and gorgeous dresses on covers
2: pretty dresses i have never stopped loving that trend bring it back bring it back (laughs) i mean
0: they went through a lot of cover trends of like body parts of girls sounds weird to say but like after the twilight of like a hand tothing an apple and like lots of i'm like and when i worked in the bookstore it was like wait how come every girl has her head cut off because like it could be any girl if her head's cut off Again, weird 20 things 20 that I'm ago. saying. It's funny how it goes through trends. And yes, I know the selection by Kiera Cass. I'm like, ooh, she and she goes nice. in as a girl with a dress in the cover. I'm just saying. that was a great series too. Uh, I know, right? So that one I think is a really good written series, and I like the girls with a dress in the cover,
2: <laughs> and it features redheads, and there's rumors that that's coming soon to being adapted. Ooh, nice! Excited. There's been that rumor for a while, but I think that it's getting closer.
0: Because you could sell the rights and then nothing could happen or you could sell the rights and things yeah. could happen or you could sell your rights before that book is even published which has happened a few times with Bidding Wars and they're like, oh, the movie rights are already sold and then you're like, great and you love the book and you're like, what happens? Like, what, yeah. where Where are we on this? Well, yeah. But I digress. Because I mean, yeah.
1: it took forever for like, I feel like it took forever for Leigh Bardugo's, is it Shadowland?
0: Shadow and Bone?
1: Yeah, Shadow and Bone, my bad. Because like, that took forever there are lots of great spy
2: books in YA literature.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I know. It could just be a tale of like Jen and I, and I'm like Jen. Do you know this book? Jen, do you know this book? No, no, no. There's, there's. We could go on for days. But no, bringing it back. I again, I remember this book. I couldn't keep on the shelf. We actually had patrons in the library when it first came out. Oh my god, um, this one <laughs> I couldn't keep on the shelf uh, of Truly Madly and Royally. It just. I just thought it hit so many buttons I'm like it looks cute, it's a romance, like, hey look, there's actually a diverse cover, like they put a black girl on the cover and she's depicted in a positive story. Like it's it's a positive thing. As much as can everyone date a prince? No. That's fun of that and be. But it's it's so
2: it's so cute. It is
0: I just think of ice cream when I look at that. I just think of ice cream and like summer pick. I just, I'm like, it's a mood, honestly. But last week, Kim had a couple mood covers. And with this one is I'm like, I just feel joy. I just feel happy. And I know we're like, never judge a book by its cover. But as you said before, I totally judge books by their covers. And I tell my teen to judge the books by the covers. I'm like, if they didn't put a good effort in on the covers, then really like and a lot of times it stinks because the authors have no control over their covers no just, unless you're unless you're a big deal it's
1: so frustrating especially when you get like those new de- debut authors and the book is really good but you look at the cover and you're like i cannot sell this like on first glance yeah. because like especially with some of the newer illustrated covers that people are really leaning into right now i'm like oh mm-hmm. please stop doing this
0: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of typography a lot of illustrated and that could be good or bad against another tr- another cover trend um but yeah and sometimes the a good best case scenario could be maybe you get a new cover when it comes out in paperback, except now you're like the librarian that's like, I bought that book in hardcover. And I'm like, I don't have the good cover. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, cause a lot of times they they hope it's so strong and so good. They keep the same cover between hardcover and paperback so that when they change it, I'm like, what did you do? Or even with um, like Frankly in love. I love the original cover, yellow with the kind of depth, weird paper. Uh, art depth thing the new cover is illustrated it shows that you know we have an asian main character there's there's two people on the front so actually there's a guy and two girls in the front so it shows a love triangle but again that's part of the illustrated trends too so you're right mary it's just like why did you change it i thought the first was good i like this too but it's weird
2: I hate it when they change the hardcover halfway through, like, to match the new paperback or something, and you're like, no, why? <laughs>
0: or they just want to sell a ton more books, like with Sarah DeMoss or Lee Bardugo. They're like,
2: hey, buy this, like
0: you know, special cover edition. And I'm like, I'm a library. I have the OG covers until they die. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. True
0: story. True story. <laughs> cool. I love it. So Mary... Did you have a book you'd like to tell us about? I
1: did. I picked my favorite new rom-com. It's the new Robin Talley book. It's called The Love Curse of Melody McIntyre. I am super hype about this. It totally reads like you're watching a 90s rom-com. I love it so much. And it's an ode to all the theater kids. SLJ rated this grade 9 and up, but I think you could really call it grade 8 and up because, like, nothing... You know, too risque um, happens in the book. It's it's very much a, a high school drama book. That's fine. I was kind of surprised when SLJ rated it, read it at nine and up, but you know, it's SLJ, so who even knows lately? <laughs> it was published uh, this past December of 2020. Um, it's a, a Harper Teen book, which is an imprint of Harper Collins. Um, I will read the description now. Let's take a look. Melody McIntyre, stage manager extraordinaire, has a plan for everything. What she doesn't have? Success with love. Every time she falls for someone during a school performance, both the romance and the show end up a catastrophe. So Mel swears off any entanglements until their upcoming production of Les Mes is over. Of course, Mel didn't count on Odile Rose, rising star in the acting world, auditioning for the spring performance, and she definitely didn't expect Odile to be sweet and funny and care as much about the play's success as Mel, which means more that That Melody McIntyre's only plan now is trying desperately not to fall in love. A little backstory on this whole thing. They kind of set it up, but it doesn't really do it justice. One of the things I love about this book, the setup is just freaking hilarious. It's actually formatted to look like a play. So like the first opening part of it is like the prologue and that you're getting catastrophe that's happening like it is so stressful when you read it you're like oh god oh god oh god because mel is the youngest stage manager in her high school and so she's super psyched about it and so of course she's taking on way too much she is trying to run the light board for the fall performance or winter performance of romeo and julia with that she's like you know she's trying to run the light board. everything is on a cube but she has to wait to see it happen before like the line before she can like press the button you know, she has to hit everything just right because all of the things have been programmed into the light board ahead of time. And so if you get the sequences messed up, it's like not good. And right in the and she's up there with um, her best friend, Dom, who is also a former ex-boyfriend. Spoiler. He is running the sounds because he's the sound guy. And so they're up in the tech booth just like doing their thing. And all of a sudden her girlfriend. Rachel, who's head of costuming, just like slams in into the room, and Melly's like, "What are you doing? We're in the middle of like the play. Like this is like, what are you doing?" And she's just like, they get in this huge argument because Rachel is mad that Mel called one of her ex girlfriends who can sew to help with the costumes because they were behind schedule for opening night or something. Rachel's just like. I'm not dating her anymore, Rachel. Like, stop being so mad. And Rachel's just like, you don't understand. Like, this you you never pay attention. And so she breaks up with her in the middle of the play, and she actually misses a couple of the light cues because of this. Everybody's just like, oh no, like this is horrible. And so there's like so much drama just like in the first chapter. (laughs) Like it's it instantly grabs you, and it's really cool too. Like the way it's broken up with the play format because you get like Act One, February, followed by spring musical audition form and then also scene 1 high school choir room day until opening night 87 days so it's like each chapter heading is like that each like section and it's really cool and then throughout all of it you have the google docs that the stage manager keeps about the performances and you get like their rehearsal schedules and all the all the stuff with it but what's really funny is the google docs also give you more backstory because what's really driving a lot of this plot is that the theater kids, particularly the tech kids, are convinced that their theater is cursed. Every year, they're just like, what is the curse? What is the curse? And then they try and figure out counter curses. So like one of the first big Google Docs you get from an old stage manager is like, you cannot whistle. Like there's no whistling. You cannot say break a leg. And even in the Google Doc, like there's asterisks and stuff. So you don't actually get the full like Good luck. It's just like you, you must say break a leg. You must do this. Uh, you can never say the name of the Scottish play, even if you're shipping a girl named McKenzie and a girl named Beth. You cannot. Don't do that. Like don't say the name. Um, and then you also, as it goes along, you get more of these stage manager notes, and you find out the new Beaconville High School uh, theater department and uh, was built on the old theater grounds of the old theater that like burned in like the th- turn of the 20th century. It burned when they were doing the Scottish play, Macbeth. So, of course, the op- the first play that the teachers pick for the kids to do in the new shiny theater is Macbeth. And everything goes horrible. And so ever since then, the kids are just convinced there's a curse. Um, and so after, you know, the prologue happens and Mel's breakup with Rachel, the theater kids, like, basically quarter her when they're striking the set, um, and cleaning everything up after the production. And they're like, yeah, so we've been talking about, and her best friend, Dom is like, this is such a bad idea. I don't really think, and think this is the, you know, this is right. And then her other friend, Jasmine is just like, no, this is what we have to do. And they're like really compelled because also they're theater kids. So they're really dramatic about everything. Um, (laughs) Like, I know that's kind of a little bit of a stereotype, but like, you know, you get caught up in everything and then you're also like a teen in high school. And so like all of this passion, you know, it has to go somewhere. And sometimes it just overflows. So they're convinced that Melody's love life is the curse because she is always like dating somebody. Like she's never single. She's like a serial monogamy, I think is what they call it we think you're the curse, Mel, and so in order for the spring musical to go well, and they don't know what it is yet, they're like, we think that you like, you have to promise that you won't date anybody. Like, no hookups, no making out, like, no dating, nothing, no holding hands. You cannot date. You cannot date. And you cannot fall in love. And she's just like, what? So there's kind of a content warning. I forgot to talk about this. Called it slut shaming, but, like, nobody, like, calls her a slut or anything. It's just they're saying, like, hmm fall in and out of love but i I was kind of like well this because this book doesn't really have for me didn't really have any content warnings like there's no like blatant homophobia or racism or anything it is an own voices book so like everybody's just like yes there's a diverse cast of theater kids there's also like a bunch of like different sexualities represented it's fine like mel's by odile the actress uh is i think she's she might be by. I can't be. I don't know if she actually lands on her identity yet. I can't remember. Uh, it's been about a month since I've read this book. My apologies. So, like, it's just, like, there's this whole setup. So, it's this, it's a great rom-com setup. So, of course, she starts falling for Odile. And she's convinced when she first, like, beats Odile. She's like, oh, yeah, she only comes back to the spring musical. She was, like, in London. She was, like, on Game of Thrones or something. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's, not, she's too cool for us. Like, no one ever talks to her. And the real story you get from Odile is, like, she's like, no. Nobody knows what to say to me. And so, I just started acting like I didn't care. And I do care. But, like, it's so weird because I never asked to be famous. I just like being an actress. And I got cast in Annie, and then my career took off. And I actually really love coming back and doing these productions because she's always in the spring musical. Then, like, the more she gets to know her, Mel's just like, dang it. I like her. Oh, no. (laughs) That was really – so that's a pretty cool setup. And, of course, there's, like, the whole, like, of course they kind of start dating on the sly. And Odile doesn't know the whole setup because, like, the tech kids – also have this whole war against the actors they're like no the actors are horrible and the actors are like god the tech kids are so weird like whatever which does kind of happen in theater and uh, (laughs) and it's so funny because like dom her best her other best friend yeah so i tried out she's like wait what do you mean you're trying out you're on the tech crew you're not an actor and he's just like well what if i want to be an actor and she's just like you better think about this Cause you're, you're like, you're a traitor kind of thing. And so there's this whole friendship thing that's kind of caught up in the middle of them trying to figure out how to be friends. And of course she's taking on way too much because she's the stage manager and she's trying to make everything happen. And of course, to kind of throw a wrench in it. There also is a jerk because there's always a jerk, right? He's a football player named Nick who they nickname as Nick. He's such a jerk to them. Like he's constantly trying to like make the um, tech kids like be like his gophers and they're like, no, we don't get you coffee. That's not how this works. Like we 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 paint sets. We like build things. You get your own coffee. Seriously? So there's a whole thing. And of course it's actually you gotta get a good resolution with them because you find out like why he's such a jerk and why he's questioning her authority all the time. But it's really it's really good. It's really funny too at points it's like it said and of course the first day of like open rehearsals or something, like one kid like slips and like breaks his arm or something and they're just like it's the curse she flirted with Odile and she's like oh god what if it is me like and it's this it keeps like ramping up and up and up and the reality is it's just like things happen but it's pretty cool she also has two dads which i liked and then the dad's best friend will is actually one of the theater teachers so he is in charge of the tech crew and he is always like trying to like make sure that mel does the right thing and you know everybody's on task and whatnot so it's pretty cool and he acts in uh it's it's good oh and the spring musical they do is les mes i am not a big fan of but i know a lot of people are like oh my god it's les mes like i was like oh i was hoping for rent <laughs> but like that's totally fine it's it's the book will actually kind of sold me more on the musical and i don't like want to spoil it cuz there's a really cool thing that happens at the end cuz of course like it's not really a romance unless like we break up in the middle or towards the end because something bad happened right and so then you have to get them back together um and that that whole thing where they come back together is just like really so sweet and so good and so very much awesome like i was i was all here for it so, if you want, like, a really good rom-com, I would say read The Love Curse of Melody McIntyre. Also, it's pretty cool, too, because Robin Talley on her Instagram and in her stories, she has been highlighting parts of the book and been talking about uh, different uh, things she was thinking when she was writing it. Or, cool. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I also might have gotten an ARC and was a beta reader. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Fancy. I know. It's got a good cover, too. It does have one of those illustrated covers that we were talking about. And so it's like Mm -hmm. Belle and Odile on the front. And they're kind of like standing next to each other like, hey, what's up, friends? And then behind them is like Jasmine and Dom. It's pretty good. I liked it. I definitely want to see like an adaptation of it. Like out of all of Robin Talley's books, this is probably, I would say, the most Netflix adaptable. If we're talking Mm -hmm. about like in the sense of like the the rom-coms. I think it's a little bit of a different book for her, too, just because, you know, She's given us historical fiction, realistic fiction, Shakespeare adaptation of Macbeth. That was pretty cool. That's kind of horror-esque. So it's kind of cool to see her do something different.
0: I really liked it. I'm looking at the cover, again, because I haven't read this book either. I, you're right. It's one of those illustrated covers. I feel like, and I don't say this in a bad way, it's one of the books where, because this is LGBTQ. It doesn't scream LGBTQ on the cover, even though, yes, two girls are, like, hugging. So I felt like if maybe you wanted a more discreet book, you know, that doesn't have rainbows on the cover, this, like, if you're someone that has to watch what you read around people that you love and family members, that could be um, a good sneaky read if they have no idea who Robin Talley is. If, they, if your family knows who Robin Talley is, you've been talking about your favorite authors, and they know, and they should, and that's beautiful. But no, I love the cover.
1: There's also, like, a fair amount of, like, theater or, like, pop culture references in the book, too. So if you have those, like, theater kids that are like i want to read a book about theater like read this book because there's also like a bunch of practical stuff in it too that's also like kind of really cool because i've read some other theater books like i read echo after echo but that's more about like a murder in a theater it's more a new adult um so it's kind of cool to see one that's like we know, we're going to put on a show. How are we going to do it? And so you get like the behind the scenes of it with the storyline that's going with it. So that was, that was pretty cool. And I think we have a couple more. I know there's at least two other theater themed YA books that are coming out within the next six to eight months.
0: Mm-hmm. No, we do. There's one that I haven't read yet, but we're going to read it. And I think I mentioned it, I it one of the last times. And if I didn't, hey, we're talking about it now. My teen readers book discussion group got sent some Advanced reader copies from Bloomsbury, YA. Thank you so much. So I'm very excited to talk about Can't Take That Away, which I probably will in the future. But the premise, just to even like super early talk about it, is that it's a genderqueer kid. Um, Carrie Parker, Dreams of Being a Diva. By the way, love the cover. Also illustrated, but a little more realistic illustrated, if that means any difference for anybody from between. And they can hit every high note at the top pop Broadway hits. But despite their talent and emotional scars from an incident with a homophobic classmate, It means it's harder for Carrie to find their voice. But when their high school is going to do Wicked, Carrie wants to be Alphaba, and people are not into the fact that like, oh, no, you can't play Alphaba. She's a girl, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, very excited to read that one. So, there's again, there's always subgenres, but I feel like we're getting a lot of good um, teen drama theater, drama fun, lots of Broadway references kind of things there. Jen, what do you think? Has Mary convinced you to read this one or you're like, she tells me about every Robin Tally book?
2: She does. Um, this one does <laughs> not up, up my alley. So I, I do think this is one I will pick up and read.
0: Yay, the crossover. It can happen. <laughs> what do you think, Jen? What do you think about
2: your illustrated covers? So I do like illustrated covers. I got to be honest, I'm not a fan of this cover. Hmm. Defend. No, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't scream like doesn't jump out at me at all. Yeah, I was kind of surprised they didn't go with like a
1: theater angle, but like a you know like the stage or something. But
0: here we are. Yeah, because they have teddy bears, and it could be a it could be a pageant. You're right. There's a little like the little it
2: says Lay Miz on the clipboard. I think I don't like the bright red. I think everything else is actually pretty good. Um, the bright red just like rah, I don't know, it hits me wrong. But I like the confetti
0: and the flowers.
2: I think those are fun.
0: See, that's one of the fun like production things that I I love knowing about because I'm sure they like tested out different colors. We did a book discussion of the extraordinaries this summer, kind of or superhero teens with powers, the kind of thing. And the books that we got um were I think all blue. It was literally a blue cover, and that was the arcs we have, and we just talked about it. The final cover uh, I think actually it was like purple based with a couple blue highlights. And my teens, when they came in, were like, wait, why? They were like mad that it wasn't, or maybe it was vice versa, where it was blue, purple, because it seemed like, oh, which, what are you
2: trying to go for? remember that John Green book that came out both as blue and yellow. Like some people got one color and some people oh, got yeah. the other color. That was weird. I,
0: I actually have one of those arcs. That was, um, whoa crud. Was that Finding a, no. Which one was it, Jen? Now I'm mad. <laughs> Ooh, oh actually correcting myself, it was super adjacent. Super adjacent by Crystal Sestari. That one, the final cover was a purple background, but the arcs were all blue. That was a correction on me because I just finally remembered how to do it. And I also figured out how to spell extraordinaries. But no, I do have that John Green book upstairs. And it was this whole thing of like you look through the the sunny, happy cover of the girl, and then there's like a little O. So there's an O in the title of which I'm blanking and annoyed. I'll put it in the notes. And then like you open it up and it's like, this is her sad photo shoot. And then like vice versa. So yeah, you know, good times. Hmm. So much thought goes into covers that, they, you know, they had focus groups on purple, blue, blue, purple, the sad John Green cover, the happy John Green cover. Everything is money. Everything
1: matters. It is. I will say kind of pulling this back around to the book I just read. Um, <laughs> I did like that. It is an LGBT read in which everybody's just queer and it's fine. Like there's no coming out. There's no everybody knows who they are. I mean, Odile is still trying to like she's not completely out. Like she 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 just hasn't really talked about it. But also she's in that status of like she's a celebrity and just beginning her career. And so she's kind of still trying to like she hasn't really had a chance to date. So like she needed like one kid who's a guy. So I think she's by I can't remember. Anyway. But it's just like, it's not like this huge, that's not a huge part of the book, right? The whole like falling in love is more important. Um, So not that- I love that. Yes. And not that those books aren't important, but it's also just nice that we get like more books with like LGBT teens that are just LGBT and they put on a show or they solve a mystery or they do something. They just happen to be gay.
2: Yeah. The slice of life books. Yeah. But it's just normal and everyone is- fine and everyone is fine but you know it it doesn't make it it's not an issue book it's it can just be right it's not a coming out issue book it's like a happy
1: book right so and this book definitely had a happy ending which makes it a romance and made me happy because we live in a trash fire called a pandemic right now so i'll take (laughs) i'll take the happy where i can get it
2: that is why i read romance books because you always know they're going to end
0: happily and sometimes there's a dog (laughs) very true And the dog can never die in a romance book. That is also very true. That's also true, yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, it can't be in the genre. I think I heard from you, Jen, that that's a rule. That's what I'm taking away from here. That like, if I don't want the dog to die, I'd be like, well, just make it a romance. Can't be sad there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So our question that I have for you to to discuss, because I'm sure you have some feelings, is how do you feel about teen books being made into movies or streaming movies, specifically Jenny Han's new... uh, book to movie coming out this week, Always and Forever, Lara Jean. What do we think?
2: I love them. I am so happy for the Lara Jean movies coming out. I cannot wait to watch it again. I've watched the other two a couple times and they're just just so happy. They're funny. They're sweet. Kitty is oh my god, I love Kitty's character. She's so feisty and sassy. And I want more of her. I want a book about Kitty. I really do. Is that the sister... Um, yeah, yep. the youngest sister. Okay. She's kind of a troublemaker. She kind of starts the whole thing off by cause she, by mailing the letters that Laura Jean wrote. Yeah, I've seen the first one. And we've talked about this. I haven't
1: seen the second one. Because when I told you that, remember you sitting at your desk and giving me this look of judgment. And I was just like, just, <laughs> I haven't gotten around to it. I'm, I'll do it. I promise. Jeez.
2: They're so cute. They are. I really like them. And the books are oh. great, too. Yeah. And I'm super excited because it was just announced that her, the trilogy that she wrote before that, um, The Summer I Turned Pretty, is being adapted for Amazon. And Jenny Han is actually writing the screenplay. Or she wrote the pilot. Oh, that's so exciting. She's more involved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she does actually make a cameo in the, the two movies. I hope she makes a cameo in the third. I have, we'll have to find out.
1: That is super exciting. Um, yeah, no, I'm here for the Netflix adaptations because they're usually pretty good. I know we've got Moxie's coming out soon, I think. Yeah, um, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, so Moxie is this really cool like feminist uh, YA book uh, by Jennifer Mathal that came out, I don't know, three, four years ago, and Amy Pollard's production company optioned it uh, for Netflix. So it should be coming out, and it's very much a girl's take on the school and the football team and decide they're not going to get pushed around and it's it's I love it it's so good it's got a great cover too although I don't know if the paperback's the same the hardback cover I love so I'm pretty here for that I would also like to see them do like some more like LGBT stuff the book I just read The Love Curse of Melanie McIntyre like it totally it totally could be a Netflix like adaptation very easily like it would be so good so, like, with all that, like, you know, this, this book easily could be, like, a Netflix adaptation. Like, I, I want that to happen. A bunch of my friends are raving about it. the prom musical, which is now a Netflix movie with, like, Meryl Streep, which is all about two girls going to prom together and, like, the school being like, no, you can't go to prom. They're like, no, we're going to go to prom. We're going to have a prom. We're going to have a gay prom. It's going to be great. And I'm just like, yes, I'm, I'm here for that um, as someone who did not go to prom ever because prom was stupid. Also, I went to a high school that was so rural, we did not have a theater program. Huh? Yeah. Okay.
0: Choices. Yeah. But they probably had a football team. Oh
1: yeah, they had a football team. If the the only like arts thing you could do for extracurricular was band, which I did not do cuz I did not want to do band. But there was like no art club, no drama club. Huh? That's so hard. It really was for a. It's like a YA novel. It was like, yeah, it was not fun for a closeted queer kid. Because, like, theater, I could have worked theater tech and it would have been great. I would have found my people. But alas, I did not. It's okay. I just met theater kids when I went to college.
0: You still find your people. And that's a good thing about, again, about, you know, theater is it or whatever group you join or any kind of book, whether it's like find your people. I'll admit, I only saw the first Jenny Han movie. And I'm like, ah. But the, th- the thing is, usually if I read the books and I love the books, I can't watch the movie. I could watch the movie because I hadn't read the books, which just sounds weird and backwards. Because it's, it's like the Percy Jackson Rick Riordan thing. I'm like, they killed it. They killed the book oh, so bad. And I'm like. But that's coming back. That's coming I mean, back. Know, and again.
2: he's a part of it. He's a part of this one, though. He wasn't a part of the first one.
0: Burn me twice. Shame on me, honestly. <laughs> so I'm
2: like, I know. It's on March the I home. think it's going to be better. I think this one is going to be better. I know. It's just. So- well, I, I hear you because Artemis Fowl. I, I was really excited for the Artemis Fowl adaptation and I think they tried to do too many books with it. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't go as well as it could have because I think they tried to do books one and two together.
0: Just commit to one or, or they try and make too many flights of fancy of like, oh, no, we'll change this and we'll change that. Also, don't make Annabeth's hair the wrong color. That's the Percy Jackson. But still, I'm still bitter over it.
1: Okay, then. But, I mean sometimes you get like the opposite of happening because I think love Simon is better than Simon versus the Homo sapiens personally, but that's just me.
0: Um, so yeah. it's been so long since I've seen it, but but here's the thing Good is movie. that I'm glad it interest in the original book, so that makes me happy that like, oh, you're we turning this into a movie, go read the book, go listen to the book. There'll be more of those books around yay, hopefully they don't murder it in the like the movie adaptation. so I have this weird push pull love, and also still weirdly scarred from retail when we still had to sell Golden Compass, like, Christmas polar bear ornaments. And we had, like, a hundred left after the season. And I was like, why? Why? But I digress.
2: I'm excited because they're going to do Keeper of the Lost Cities. And I'm, I really am hopeful about that one. That is a great series.
1: Yeah. And then, like, did anybody watch the Mortal Instruments? Because I haven't. No. no. Mm. I've heard, like, real up and down things about that one. And apparently, Lit- I mean, Lit- Lit- Lin- Man- Manuel Miranda, somebody was like saying, I was like, Oh, he's is- not good in this. I was like, Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh, oh okay. All
0: right. No, I mean, I read the first book and way back in the day, and not a plot spoiler. It's a book that's been out for like, I don't know, a decade. If your plot hinges on incest, I'm good in a teen book series. It doesn't, and it doesn't actually turn out to be incest, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make any sense if you have no idea what I'm talking about, but like, I was like, I'm cool. And I do actually feel uh, that her Cassandra Clare's books have been cooling off a lot. Like, we used to buy multiple copies of all her books, and a couple have come out pre pandemic and now, and they're kind of like, eh. So I don't know if it's, is, is she over? Are we over Cassandra Clare now? I feel like we're over Cassandra
1: Clare because she bagged on librarians. So, yeah. Yep. That's my, so, my personal feeling about that. I also never really read her books because I was like, I really get into that whole thing of like, like if Jen had not introduced me to throne of glass when there was only four books, I don't know if I would have picked them up mm-hmm. because like when you show me like, Oh, there's 12 books in this series and they're all like 600 pages. I'm like, I don't think I can manage the time for that as an adult with a job. So,
0: <laughs> It's a commitment. It really is. I know. Like I, I
1: have somebody that keeps recommending uh Prairie in the orange street to me, which is this, uh, fantasy oh, book brick. yeah it's yeah it is a door stopper and apparently it's an amazing <laughs> queer fantasy and then like it's so good like i've heard so many great things and i'm just like i think i'm just gonna have to do the audiobook for it to be
0: honest so it, audiobooks get you through i still have the brick of the advanced reader copy from a book expo in my office i have hundreds of books to be read <laughs> it's i feel bad for i feel bad for personification for my books i'm like you've been around for two years i'm like but this one just came into my library i'm like i'm gonna read it now i'm like that's so unfair <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it because i want to read this book so yeah so there's books i have to read for book books i'm dying to read books that i'll read on the kindle books from neck alley Idle Weiss, whatever but I'm just, it's it's such a mess of like what do i have to read now who what when but it's my hurt. system
2: it's hard to get <laughs> my system
0: and then all it would take is like Mary being like, okay, you should read this book because X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, Ooh, is it on overdrive? Ooh, I'll buy it for my library collection. <laughs> and then I'm like, I listen to this, but all like once in the future, once in f- Mary, We Mary and I talked about this once in future, when she talked about by AR Capetta a couple weeks of episodes ago. Amazing. So amazing that I had to do the audiobook of the sequel right away. And I'm like, Mary, the sequel is back to the future. I know. I was going to check it out, but it turns out, like,
1: one of our coworkers had it checked out and was like, Have you read this book yet? And I was like, Yes, I book talked the first one for you, remember? <laughs> and she was like, Whatever, this book's amazing. And I was like, Yes, it is amazing. It's like, I can't even, it's sci fi, it's fantasy, it's like gender bent. Like Arthurian legend, it's just, and I don't like Arthurian legend at all. No, um, no, I also don't. Ooh, like. I do. I know you should read it. It's really good. It's like I don't even know what this it's is. It's a cool so space good. thing. Yeah, it's. I it, don't like space.
0: Uh, no, no, but, it's, no. no but, but no, yeah, no. We're like da, da, da. they, they <laughs> have different planets, and there is like a, a King Arthur and his knights, old timey medieval times planet. So. Yes, there is old timey times, and you definitely need to read the sequel because reasons I can't say. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's (laughs) so mean to be like, Dan, two more books to add to your to be read (laughs) pile.
1: Well, yeah. I also, um, like, we just talked about really tropey books, and that book takes the tropes and then, like, turns them inside out. So, which I actually kind of really like it because there's a love triangle and they resolve it in a very different way. So,.
0: They do. And the oh, the sequel, you don't even know the sequel. And people don't have to be even, and again, as clear black and white is the Arthurian tale of like, oh yeah, you know that Lancelot does this, you know, like Gwen does this. They, again, the authors just take it, twist it, turn it and make it so fresh. Like I had no idea what was going to happen. And that's such a good fresh thing for me usually i'm like oh yeah you're not going to mention this because that's going to come back in the end like there's a book that i just finished reading i'm like oh you're making audio recordings of her playing the cello i wonder if that will come back to be a plot point in the end i'm like boom nailed it (laughs) it did it's it's i know because that's the thing in ya books is that oftentimes they don't if they mention something that seems like why did you take the time to mention why is there gum on their shoe of blah 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 like it's they don't have extra words like maybe adult books do because adult books will put in like 200 extra pages just to be like, I set the scene. I'm like, Ugh. teen books, you got to get to the point. Or like Jenna talked about earlier, I got to bail on a book. Like you only have so much time. I'm a weirdo that's like, I'm I'm a third into a book. I got to read to the last page to figure out, is it good? Oftentimes, no, it did not get better. But now I know that. And <laughs> Jen is beautiful because she can, she can to be like, I recognize this lesson earlier. And that's wonderful, Jen. I'm still working I, on that.
2: I used to read them all. And then I was like, I have a book list I will never Like I will die before I read all the books I want to. And I just, I have no time for you if you're terrible. Yes.
0: And please don't die. Thank you. Or just
2: not my thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like
1: Alyssa and I were talking about that one point, like one of our other library colleagues. And I said something about like, ah, this book is terrible. And she's like, toss it, go to the next one. Uh, It might've been we were on your committee, Marissa. And I was just Mm. I but I have to finish it. And she's like, Mary. Life is too short for bad books. Go to the next one. And I was like, I don't think you understand how I have to read it. So I can tell you exactly why I didn't like it. And she's like, Oh, okay. So it's like that. And I'm like, Yes. Which says a lot about me as someone who read the entire Twilight series to talk about why I hate it. So
0: committed. You're committed to the principle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which thanks to Jen, I now I my brain has made it a trilogy. And she's like, No, it's four books, because we talked about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. In Mm -hmm. our YouTube series,
2: Get Booked. I was just going to say that, but I was trying to be nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You don't have
1: to be nice. It's fine. So thank you all for listening. And a huge thank you to Jennifer for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Sure. You can always come back, Jen, and tell us about more books that we haven't read. And then we'll want to read. Yes. (laughs) Now I kind of want to read that royal book. So So we'll see you all next time on the book jam.
2: You You just just got got jammed.